Hello, this is Catherine at I Know I Need to Stop Talking. Hello, lovelies, how are we all doing? I mean, my other big toenail has fallen off. This is this week's breaking news. I know this is why you have tuned in to hear news of more of my missing body parts. I mean, what the fuck? Why are my toenails falling off? It's, I'm blaming this entirely on Mr. I Know I Need to Stop Talking, even though it's not his fault at all. Because we were yesterday just sitting on the sofa and then he like, vaguely brushed past me in the in the vaguest vicinity of my foot and my fucking toenail fell off i mean it's it's getting ridiculous why are they falling off why are my body parts falling off i i mean i think i do know why i think it is because of having done a lot of walking recently not going to google clearly dr google is going to tell me it's death although what the fuck kind of death starts with your toenails falling off is this like a weird covid symptom that they haven't yet determined i just i just don't even fucking know but yeah so i've lost my other toenail and yeah i just i feel like with other body parts if they fell off they would do so in a in a, in a more attractive way you know but the, but mine just looks it just looks like something's died on the end of my on the end of my toe so that's nice that's a nice visual for you all if you're if you're listening to this while while enjoying your breakfast i'm sorry about that so yeah that's 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 breaking news my other toenail has gone the other one though the good news on the toenail front the other one continues to grow back so that's promising i hope this one does too because at the minute my my feet look yeah disturbing i think is is the best way i, I called the kids down and it happened i was like look children come and look at this it's a, you know, a mummy's a modern modern miracle of medical science they came down they're like no thanks no i don't want i don't want to look at that beth is like get your foot away from me so yeah that's that's this week's breaking news forget about the fucking roadmap up lockdown i've lost all my fucking toenails i mean i hope the others don't go why do I need the big ones fall off as well? Oh, I have so many questions. Anyway, this is not a toenail podcast, so I will shut up about toenails. But Mr. I know I need to stop talking's fault entirely. That is completely, completely what I'm blaming him for. He's not here this week. I'm back in my normal spot in the kitchen with, well, I've turned off the tumble dryer, so hopefully that won't make a noise. The dishwasher's on, but I think I said before, the new dishwasher is much better behaved. So I'm hoping against hope that that's not going to cause us any bother. I have got the oven on because, get me, domestic goddess, I'm cooking a fucking Simnel cake. I mean, it's not a fucking Simnel cake. It's just a Simnel cake in case you thought there was like some kind of weird niche fucking Simnel cake. It's just a normal Simnel cake. I love a Simnel cake. Any cake that has like a, a hidden layer of marzipan in the middle is an absolute win. So I'm cooking a Simnel cake, but hopefully that's not gonna that's not gonna kick off. As for Ricardo, I mean, who knows? As ever, the um, the showdown is on. They've texted me to tell me that they're coming, but they're coming in Percy Pig Van, which we are very excited about in this household. Percy Pig Van. So I'm I'm hoping I might get this recorded before they before they turn up. Still haven't folded my bags. Still don't know how to fold my bags. I mean, they're still fucking everywhere. So I'm gonna maybe at least try to count them this week for the poor, long suffering Ricardo people. But yeah, Mister, I know I need to stop talking. Is is not featuring this week. He um he because I, I basically fear that you'll like him more than me he's uh, lots of very nice messages since you all listened to, to to last week's podcast saying saying how nice he is i mean you never fucking say that about me i'm just saying not that i have a complex or anything but we had oh we had so much fun recording that we genuinely did have so much fun and it felt quite fitting because this week my little tiny podcast that i like did on a whim because it was locked down and i just had enough of banana bread 10,000 downloads in total thanks to all of you amazing people that's a bonkers number that's like 
five digits. I can't believe I've just told you that 10,000 has five digits. I can see why you tune in for this level of, of insight. I mean, thank you all so much. Thank you so, so, so much for supporting this new mad little venture. I've genuinely enjoyed it a, a bizarre amount. I never thought I'd find myself podcasting. And, I, and as I think I said quite openly, I don't personally listen to podcasts, not because I don't think they're good. I struggle to take in information through through people speaking, which um, probably tells you all you need to know about our marriage. Poor mister, I know I need to stop talking. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm so grateful to you all. And and I think, so I think I'm supposed to ask, somebody said to me that I should ask ask people to leave a review if you like the podcast. So if, if you're listening and you like it and you can leave a review, and I don't even know how you do this, that's how shit I am. Maybe you do it on the on the platform thing where you, where you I, don't, I don't know. If you know how to leave reviews and you like the podcast and you can leave me a review or a rating or whatever it is, that would be amazing. Thank you so much. If, like me, you've got not, not a fucking clue, we're all good. We'll just carry on exactly as we are. But but seriously, a massive, massive thank you to all of you who've listened. And um, I hope in what's been some fucking weird months that we've been able at least to have a bit of a laugh together and, and share share the angst and the trauma of my missing fucking body parts as yet. As yet. I mean, what's going to fall off next? It's going to be like a nipple, isn't it? I'm going to just wake up in the morning. I'm like, where the fuck's my nipple? Oh, another body part fallen off. So good times, good times. But anyway, obviously we, we recorded last week because it was our 15th wedding anniversary. 15 years, what the fuck, that's mental. And I think I, I probably alluded to the fact that, that Beth was going to be in charge of a, of a large proportion of the remainder of, of the day, which is which is always terrifying. But you know what, we had such a treat because it's our second anniversary in, in lockdown and as anybody who's celebrated anything during lockdown will know, I mean, there's only so many fucking times you can get excited about an M&S dining for £10, right? You know, I mean, I mean, it's great and everything and it's an, it's an absolute bargain, but there are only so many times. But great excitement. So some of you who followed the blog for a long time will, will remember the day that Beth got married, which genuinely is one of my greatest memories of all time. So, so briefly, for those who don't know this story... When Beth was about five, she was very lucky and for a period of time, her best friend, who she'd known since she was at nursery, moved in next door to us. So they lived next door for a period of about a year and a half and lovely family, got on so well with the parents and obviously Beth was over the moon. And one day I came back from work in the holidays and Mr. I know I need to stop talking had been looking after the kids and, and Beth and her best mate were in and out of each other's houses all the time, as you can imagine. And I came back and said, hi kids, how was your day? And Beth very matter-of-factly said, me and name of best friend, we're, we're going to get married on Saturday. And I was like, okay, fine. This this is very soon. This is very sudden. And I assumed, because when we were kids, we all did pretend marriages, like, right? And it was usually you'd go into your bedrooms and you put on, like a duvet cover on instead of a veil and you pretend you were getting married. So I just naively assumed that Beth's wedding would be something like this. No, 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 Beth's wedding was was nothing, nothing like this. So basically what happened was they enlisted half the street in this in this wedding. So so Beth's best friend's sister, who was a few years older than them, she decided that she and her plan, friends, they were going to be a wedding planner. Well, this wedding over the course of the week built up and built up and built up <laughs> by Saturday they had gone round to every house now we live in a little street they'd gone round to every house in the street they put an invitation through everybody's door they said Beth and best friend are getting married at this time on Saturday they made a note it's a friendship marriage and they said you're invited to attend please bring a chair which I think is always advisable for a party right because who wants to be stood up for ages bring a chair and 
Jamie was mortified by the whole thing. He kept on going, oh, don't go to some lady wedding. And I was like, come on, Jamie, it's lovely. It's only going to be a little thing. Anyway, he thought he'd managed to escape because he actually had a party, a sleepover on the Friday night. And he was like, brilliant, I'm going to miss the lady wedding. No, no, the wedding planner rescheduled. So there was no chance that Jamie was possibly going to miss out on the wedding of the year. Anyway, the day arrived, I I collected Jamie and honestly, they got some other kids in the street to dress up. So one of them was the flower girl and they got her older brother to dress up in a suit. I mean, I literally don't even know how they managed to do this. They put, we've got a little green out in front of our, in in the place where we live. They put out chairs. They had like, they'd they'd made best friend's mum go to Tesco's to buy a bridal bouquet and a wedding cake. And they had speakers, so I pulled back into the into into our, our, our road where we live, having got Jamie from his party, and he's like, "Oh, well, I'm at this lady wedding," and literally, you've got like the bloody bridal march being pumped out on these speakers. You've got all the neighbours, people we didn't know, have come out of their houses, and you've got Beth and her best mate in kind of these beautiful white dresses that they they'd found, and Beth's friend had a had a veil on. And you know what? It was one of those things where I started by laughing at it, and by the end, I was like, "Oh my god." This is genuinely one of the most touching things. They got the dads to walk them down the aisle. And then Beth's best mate's sister, she'd done like wedding vows. They signed the register. (laughs) And we've got these photos of the two of them together. And honest to God, my heart, it was one of the greatest, most uplifting and brilliant things ever. And then one year later on the anniversary of their wedding, they had a sleepover to celebrate their anniversary. I mean, just those girls are just wonderful. Anyway, there was a total tangent. The reason for telling you about Beth's wedding is that Beth's best mate, her dad is an incredible fine dining chef who obviously pre-pandemic was running a restaurant and everything. And clearly, like anybody working in hospitality has had to, you know, sort of look what else you're able to do while restaurants can't open. So one of the things that he's been doing is he's set up and he has been providing basically like a, a private catering service. So, oh, honestly, absolutely amazing. He basically designed us a four-course menu for our wedding anniversary, which had to be pescatarian, because Mr. I know I need to stop talking, is pescatarian, and gluten-free, because I'm a fussy, gluten-free person. Not to say that gluten-free people are fussy, sorry, to be really clear. I'm both fussy and gluten-free. If you are gluten-free, you are not necessarily fussy. But he designed the most amazing menu. And then what he did was he came and he socially distanced, did a delivery to us, where it was all packed, all the ingredients were in individual labelled boxes, and then there was a entire, obviously you had the menu and then for each course, there was basically instructions on how you, how you finished it off. And honestly, oh my goodness, it was phenomenal. I mean, he's a phenomenal cook. We've been lucky enough to eat in his restaurant previously and he's a phenomenal, phenomenal cook. But this food, even though I'd been one who had to finish it off, it was out of this world. And you know when you're, like, for anybody who's, particularly, I think if you've got kids and you've cooked throughout this pandemic, I mean, if I have to eat another fucking meal that I've cooked, I just, it's constant. I feel like I'm doing about 40 covers a day. It's ridiculous. Snacks, 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 meals, snacks, meals, snacks. So to have this was was such an absolute treat. But, of course, so we kind of jokingly said to the kids, well, you know, we're going to be having our anniversary meal. I said, you two could be the waiters. Jamie was like, oh, I don't have to be a waiter. Beth, oh my goodness, she was so into this. She was so into this. So she got herself dressed up, bless her, in a... She wore her school skirt and her white shirt. And then she went to Mr. I know I need to stop talking. She was like, I need a tie. I need a bow tie. You must have a black bow tie. Thankfully, he did. So crisis was averted. She got herself properly dressed up for Restaurant Beth, as it was known. She was going to Jamie. She was like, Jamie, you need to put something smart on. And Jamie, who lives in his dressing gown, was like... Why? Why do I have to put something smart? And she was like, it's a special anniversary. And Jamie was like, it's not my anniversary. She was like, that's not the point. 
So poor Jamie, she didn't quite get him dressed up smart, but she did manage to get him out of his dressing gown and into his pyjamas, which I would call a success. And then she designed a, a drinks menu for the evening. She basically went through everything we had in the house, made a drinks menu, and everything, God love her, everything was payable in hugs. So a glass of champagne, only two hugs, a bargain. Water was free, very good. Cup of tea, though, that was four hugs. Pretty steep in her restaurant, although as a big fan of champagne, as I say, I think very, very competitive pricing. And they served up the food. And she, halfway through the afternoon, she just went casually to Jamie. Oh, by the way, Jamie, you're doing the entertainment. Jamie was like, what? What am I doing the entertainment? He was not forced to do entertainment. But she came in bringing, so I'd prepped the food in the kitchen and put it on the plates. And I said to her, right, you can, you can bring it in. They'd done our drinks and everything. And then she came in with the food she, and she... she <laughs> Jamie went to her bed. Why have you got a cloth on your arm? She'd taken one of our tea towels and had folded it over her arm like she knows they do in restaurants. Oh my God, honestly, it was brilliant. And so she came in with our food and she was like, hello, welcome to my restaurant. And then she, she's got Jamie. She's like, Jamie, stand still, stand up straight, hold the food. She went, this is my, this is my helper, the terrible Jamie. That's how she referred to him all evening as the terrible Jamie. I said, why are you referring to him as the terrible Jamie? She, because he's terrible. Look at him. He's still in his pajamas. I said, oh dear. She said, he's so terrible. I only pay him 5p per hour. And I said, well, strictly speaking, that is in breach of minimum wage legislation. She went, I don't care. And nor will anybody else because he's so terrible. I mean, poor Jamie, poor Jamie. But you know what? It was just the most perfect evening. Even when I managed to, like a dick, after too many glasses of champagne, go and burn my finger in oil as I was pan frying scallops. That's a very middle class sentence, isn't it? As I was pan frying my scallops, I burnt my finger in my extra virgin olive oil. So I spent half of the evening with my finger resting on one of our ice packs, which was not quite the image I was going for. But it was so lovely. And I don't know about anybody else, but definitely lockdown has just made me appreciate it's just the little things just eating you know amazing food but stuff that I hadn't cooked or had to think about it's like the brain power like oh my god what should I cook for another meal just it felt like it almost felt like we had been out and obviously then there's the bonus and I regularly have this conversation with my with my dad who has like sort of Friday night drinks with his friends and obviously they used to do it down the pub and now they do it on zoom and he's like well it's not the same but there is the bonus at the end of the night that all you have to do is go and have a wee and get into bed and I'm like yeah I'm, I'm with you end of the night finished our food really full have a wee go to bed so there's a lot to be said there is a lot to be said but it was it was it was a perfect evening but I think this week's been obviously incredibly exciting because we've been able for the first time in what I mean it feels like fucking months doesn't it I mean it's been the longest coldest darkest part of the year which doesn't help but it feels like so long since we've done something normal and obviously for, for us and for the household the big thing this week was was Beth getting back to training and she went back on Tuesday night and then she had another training session on Thursday night and parents were actually able to to go and watch that one so I went down and you can only have, it's quite strict, you can only have one person, one parent per child and it's got to be socially distanced entirely understandably and the main thing is just getting the kids back to playing. But, you know, she she was there running around with, you know, running around with her mates and, and playing football and I was stood, you know, a couple of metres away, yes, but with one of the other parents and we just had like a face-to-face conversation and having spent, you know, having been someone who's worked from home for the last year and had therefore the majority of my, my daily conversations conducted via Zoom, I mean, oh my God, a face-to-face conversation with another person that I don't live with. It was like, I felt like it was Christmas. I was so excited. And it made me remember, because I'd stood at the same training ground, kind of, and it's weird. Is, is anybody else finding that time hop is really weird at the minute, like looking back to 12 months ago when we were all starting to think, fuck, this is not good. And I can remember vividly, sort of, it was like, 
late January, early February last year, standing in exactly the same place at exactly the same training ground, actually having a conversation with exactly the same parent. And I remember at the time we were all kind of thinking, "Mm, I wonder how much longer we'll be able to do this. But I think if you told me it would be like a year, more than a year, before we could do something even as normal as standing at a training ground and watching Beth play some football. Yeah, it's, it is quite sobering, really, isn't it? But it's just, I, I know lots of people are excited about doing things like big foreign holidays and parties and gatherings and restaurants. And, and don't get me wrong, I, I'm looking forward to doing all of those things. But right now, just something as normal as standing and watching a football football game is just, oh, I, I'm going to try so hard never to take normal for granted ever again, because you just don't know, do you? You just don't know when, when everything can change. And then this morning she was back training again. And, and for everybody who's, who's like a volunteer for grassroots sport, thank you so much. Because we've seen with, with both Beth's teams that the way that parents and helpers are just going over, above and beyond to try and get these kids back to as much training as they possibly can. So she had a two hour training session this morning. I'm not going to lie. It was fucking freezing. And I know that I said, I will not moan about the weather. That I was completely like, no, I'm never going to complain about being cold on the side of a football pitch ever again. I mean, I could not feel my own vagina. It was that cold. I felt like my face had melted off. I had not dressed appropriately. I think because it's been sunny recently, right? I didn't imagine that. It was sunny this week, right? So I was kind of like, well, the sun's shining. I put on a hoodie. I thought I'll be fine. I mean, the wind felt like it had been imported direct from the Arctic. It was literally, it was cutting straight through that hoodie. Um, I've stood there with my with my hood up. But I'm not moaning. I'm not moaning. I'm not moaning. I, yeah, I need to. I was kind of like, this is so lovely. And I managed that for about the first five minutes. And I was like, so lovely. I feel my, I may be succumbing to hypothermia, but what a lovely way to go. Um, but oh, it was just brilliant. It was just brilliant to, to see her out there and, you know, that the happiness she gets and, and the happiness I get from, from watching her play. Um, and she scored, which was lovely. And, and all the kids that she's with, they're such nice kids. She's got such lovely teams that she plays with. But yeah, such normality. Oh, it's a treat, isn't it? I mean, meanwhile, obviously the, the school term has ended. I know it's, the Easter break's different for everybody, isn't it? But, but my kids broke up at the, at the end of this week. And obviously, you know, so Jamie, who, as we all know, has, has loved lockdown. He's lived his best life. So he's managed his like three and a half weeks at school. And then now he's like right back, slipped back seamlessly into lockdown life, not getting dressed, not leaving his screen, not not even leaving the the patch where he sits. Basically, I went up earlier and around the chair where he sits in front of his computer. It's just like this little like crop circle of sort of like crisp packets and and cans and stuff. I was like, I mean, can we can we clear this up? He's like, Mum, it's the holidays. Maybe the holidays. I'm not living in a midden. Come on, son, sort it out. I I did track him out yesterday for what turned out to be a an error of judgment on my part because again sunny day and I was conscious Beth has had loads of training he hadn't I was like come on Jamie you're coming for a walk obviously he bitched and moaned didn't want to go for a walk blah 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 blah. but he's as I said before he's a good walking companion and eventually he cracked on well he was to have the last laugh wasn't he because but halfway through the walk we only did five miles so you know it's not like I was dragging him out to do to do a half marathon or anything he was like oh I feel really sick and I was like, yeah, 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 of course you do. Yeah, you feel really sick, Jamie. Yeah, whatever. Come on, crack on. And then he did the thing of, no, no, I think I'm going to be sick. So he, he walked over to the side of where we were walking and stood there for a bit and threatened to be sick and then wasn't. And he did this about four or five times more. And I was like, yeah, whatever. We're on our way back. Yeah, stop making a fuss out of it. Then suddenly he was like, no, no, I'm really going to be sick. And by that point, he, he hadn't been sick in any of the nice, quiet, secluded places we were walking. He chose to wait until we were right in the middle of the town centre. Um, and then he puked everywhere. 
So that was nice. That's that's put me off that particular walk with with Jamie. Although I did go back and do the same walk this afternoon with a friend of mine, and it was it was delightful. We did also COVID test him just to be on the safe side. He hasn't got COVID. He just likes to embarrass me in in public places. So so that was nice. But I feel quite proud. I feel like it's a rite of passage enforcing family walks on your children did anybody else get forced into family walks we it was like a big thing like sunday afternoon was family walk time and you know i i I think it's good i think it's like good for for children to be utterly miserable while their parents talk about how life affirming this experience is and they're like oh can we go home i'm cold i'm tired i'm bored i'm wet um but yeah we we had a number of a number of memorable walks over the year you know that scene in the vicar of dimbley where the vicar in the vicar of dimbley whose name i don't know but dawn french's character she disappears into the puddle right it's very famous even if you've never seen the vicar of dimbley i'm sure you'll have seen that scene well years before that scene was even conceived as an idea my little sister did exactly that we were out on a walk she was quite small at the time so obviously slightly more plausible that that would happen and we were just walking down this lane and suddenly there was a massive puddle and she just fell in it and like mostly disappeared (laughs) obviously I did the sensible mature older sibling thing and absolutely didn't piss myself laughing while she howled covered in mud that was very funny although my favorite falling over one was we'd gone with my with my nana my dad's mum We'd gone to visit a stately home, I don't know where. And stately homes have something called ha-has, which is just the best fucking name for a kind of like divide for a field ever. I don't know why it's called a ha-ha, but after what happened to my nana, I will speculate it's because people piss themselves laughing every time anybody tried to get past the ha-ha. So I don't really know the details of what a ha-ha is, but it's, it's kind of like a complex thing of a like, of like a ditch and a, and a bit that isn't a ditch. What's a, what's a non-ditch? An anti-ditch? A, a raised up bit? I don't... I, you know what I mean? The, the, the bit that isn't the ditch, the higher up bit. Anyway... Um, that's a ha-ha and my nana fell down into the ha-ha and I have never laughed so much in my life. I mean we were weeping laughing and she was laughing so much that she couldn't get back up which made the whole thing even more entertaining and yeah it was it was glorious I don't remember anything else about that walk I just remember laughing a lot at my nana in the ha-ha and then obviously there were probably walks that were less joyous for my parents my my one of my dad's favorite stories that he likes to tell about um what a lovely delightful child I was was on a day when him and my mum took me to a, a shingle beach and I think I was about two and I found a pebble on the shingle beach and I dropped it you know where this is going right don't you I dropped the pebble and my dad's not stupid he was kind of I was like oh my pebble I want my pebble my pebble and obviously my dad did what any parent would do and which is pick up which, you know, normal, sensible children would be placated with, pick up another pebble and go, here you go, it's your pebble. And apparently I looked at this pebble and went, it's the wrong pebble, and went hysterical. And God, my my tantrums were fairly legendary. So yeah, they spent a really unhappy few minutes trying to fob me off with with other pebbles, inferior pebbles to my my clearly high quality pebble. And um, yeah, then I think just called the the whole thing off and, and got back in the car, which often when you have young children is the best thing to do. I mean, when it's getting that fucking miserable, just, yeah, just, just move on, just move on. I was a very, very unreasonable toddler, but I think all toddlers are, right? All toddlers are basically dicks. I mean, we love them, but they are basically dicks. If you behave like that as an adult, somebody would have a word, right? If you came into a room, started shouting everything, hit the cat and then took a massive dump in the corner someone would have a word but toddlers seem to get away with it don't know why um but yeah so no good 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 walking good walking memories and and now it's easter i'm doing my usual thing on a bank holiday of getting really confused what day of the week it is it's saturday i think but then i also thought yesterday was saturday so that's confusing but it's easter and for me personally easter easter is very exciting this year so 
some of you will know because occasionally I write about it in the blog and a small minority of people get very angry. So I am a practicing Christian. I go to church probably not as often as I would like to and certainly not at all in the last year. But tomorrow, for the first time in over a year, my church is reopening, socially distanced, etc. And I'm going to be able to go. And I am off the scale excited. I mean, they've been brilliant. They've been streaming services, etc. And, you know, I know people have strong views on religion and and some people are very pro-religion, some people are very anti-religion. And I think I've seen people do terrible things in the name of religion and seen people do terrible things not in the name of religion. I'm probably not a very good Christian in terms of I have never read the whole Bible and some of it's fucking mental. Hello, Leviticus. I have never cast anybody out for having the wrong colour lichen on their roof, which apparently, according to Leviticus, you, you should do. So I'm, so I'm fairly shit at many bits of Christianity. But at its heart, I suppose the reason that I go to church and, and, and follow a religion is... I just think it's about trying to be a little bit nicer to people and a little bit less of a dick. That's kind of what I've taken. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe if you're a proper Christian, maybe you'll tell me that there's something far more more deep and, and meaningful that I should have got. So I might be a bit rubbish, but I just think that anything that helps me to try and be a better person, like I said, I just think if we could all, if everybody could be a little bit kinder, whether religious or not, the world would be a better place. And, and that's that's kind of what I, what I always aim for. So so Easter Day tomorrow is, is very exciting for me for a number of reasons. Obviously, even if you have no truck with religion whatsoever or follow a completely different religion, still always a good excuse to eat a shitload of chocolate, right? Which is the primary thing I think my, my, my children, and Mr. I know I need to stop talking, he's as atheist as they come. They are absolutely excited about the about the chocolate chocolate egg hunting. Here's my top parenting tip of the podcast. If you have small children, particularly the irritating kind, and you have a nice, safe, secure back garden, then you go and hide out lots of little chocolate eggs for them in the back garden. In the morning, you say, go, children, go look for the lovely chocolate eggs. And they run out into the back garden all excited because it's Easter and they're going to do an Easter hunt. Then you lock the back door. Obviously, you sit within eye distance, you know, health and safety. And because it's Easter, it's like Christmas. So basically, drinking at any time of the day, entirely acceptable. And you crack open your buck spheres and you sit there. And when they come running up, running, running towards you, make sure they're all wrapped up warm. You don't want them getting chilly. They come running towards you going, Mummy, Mummy, we found all the eggs. No, no, darling. There's still more to find. You can keep them going on that for... I don't know, maybe at least 15 minutes, which with small children is like a long time. That's enough to have at least two glass of bu- glasses of Bucks Fizz, right? So you should you should totally go down, go down that rule. Um, same rules, same rules as Christmas, definitely. But I hope whatever you're getting up to this weekend, I hope you're doing something lovely for you, whether that's perhaps seeing friends and family at a safe social distance. I mean, I'm, I'm not yet brave enough to do the whole sitting in the back garden because it's fucking freezing. I'm still recovering from, from this morning's experience. But whether you're seeing loved ones, whether you've got some, some more Zoom quizzing plans, Planned, or even if you're by yourself and just just do something for you lovely for you go and i don't know eat a load of chocolate eat a whole whole easter egg and don't have to share it with anybody or play some lovely music or the na- nature everywhere is so beautiful go for a walk don't take jamie he's <laughs> he is not my favorite walking companion at the minute but but go for a walk you know just spending time out and about i think it's going to snow right it's going to snow i mean it fucking felt like it was going to snow it felt like it was snowing directly on my face at the football this morning but it was no less joyous for for all of that i'm definitely resolved to appreciate the little things but i hope whatever you do i hope it's a lovely long weekend for you those of you who are working those of you who are key workers thank you so much i hope you get some downtime soon look after yourselves and i will see you all next week take care my loves bye bye